Alright Competitor Nation, we are in the very last episode of 2020 and we're talking with Maureen Monty about why you need to be doubling down on your strengths instead of focusing all the time on your weaknesses. What's up Competitor Nation, Jay Thompson here, your Chief Encouragement Officer and I'm so glad you're here for the last episode of 2020. As Maureen and Monty and I talk about building winning teams, but specifically how we as leaders are contributing to that team, how we're helping our teammates identify their strengths and how we're building on those strengths. A lot of conversation that we have is about how do we overcome bad habits, poor discipline, weak mental toughness? How do we find a way to overcome certain challenges we have and, and build our weaknesses into strengths? Marine's philosophy is about how do we identify our strengths and make them stronger. It's a great conversation, and honestly, I had a lot of fun just riffing with her about the importance of strengths, of uh, building into teammates, and how sometimes it's not about your title. It's not about where your office or cubicle is. It's about how you show up for the team and how you're able to add to the success that they're going after. So I hope this message today not only encourages you to start building on your strengths, but looking for the strengths in those you work alongside, those you train alongside, those you live alongside, and pouring into them to build their strengths even further. If you've never taken a strengths assessment, uh, you may be challenged or encouraged to, uh, when we finish this episode, actually picked up Gallup's strength assessment, took it for myself, took it for some of our teammates, just to really refine what I thought my strengths were and then see that message reinforced. And guess what? Competition is definitely on my strength radar. So you'll be interested to dive in and look at, just to give you an example, my top five strengths are futuristic, strategic, competition, activator, and significance. One of our team members on the team, Kathy, that many of you know, hers were very different. Hers were communication, input, discipline, learner, positivity. And so it's really interesting when you start to see how the different team people work together, how everyone's different strengths can come together to help us get to where we want to go. Whether we're talking about a family dynamic or we're talking about a team, company, locker room dynamic, those strengths help us get there. And so today's conversation is really all about building on those strengths, building those winning teams. And as Maureen says, most importantly, leaving no teammate behind which is what I think we really need to keep in mind as leaders of how are we empowering each other? How are we pulling those people up with us and not just trying to grow by ourselves, but make sure others are growing with us. If you haven't yet, do me a quick favor. Shoot me an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. Use the subject line 2021 and tell me one guest, one topic, one thing you want us to talk about here on the show this year. We are hoping and planning to continue all three episodes a week, Monday and Friday short motivational ones to get you up and going to start and finish the week strong. And then as always, our incredible guest every single Wednesday, dropping knowledge and helping you understand how you can improve your life, how you can build your best life and how you can have that championship mindset. So shoot me an email podcast at competeeveryday.com. Use the subject line 2021. So I'll know what's coming from you that you heard about it right here on the show and that you are more importantly 
wanting to hear something specific in the new year that we can create that's going to help you win. It's going to help you excel in your career, your training, and your life. As always, before we welcome Maureen to the show, just remember, text the word COMPETE. Text COMPETE to 972-945-9113 and you will get short motivational messages or videos straight to your phone from me three to four times a week. Not blowing up your inbox, but I do want to keep your fire lit and your feet moving forward. So if you want to get involved with that, text COMPETE to 972-945-9113. Now, Let's talk about how do we get to Destination Unstoppable, how do we build on our strengths, and how do we compete every single day with Marine Monty. Maureen, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast today. Jake, thanks for having me. Oh, this is going to be fun. We have already been just kind of riffing off air. Uh, the poor listeners will not get a chance to do that, but we will tease a little bit of that conversation. I'm excited today to talk to you about your book, talk to you about your work in leadership within sports, within corporate settings, and all of that. But I'm just curious, what inspired you to go down this path of working with teams? You know, that's such a great question. Um, most people work with individuals, right, in my business. Uh, I, I like the complexity of a team. And so there's two things. First of all, I'm, for whatever reason, I'm naturally wired to work well to solve the team problems. And then if you can solve team problems, it's one thing to get an individual to perform, perform well. That's challenging enough, right? Yeah. But if you can solve, get help and a, a team reach their full potential, the bang for the buck is greater, right? And as you know, I believe the world runs on teams and yet so few reach their full potential, right? So for me, I love the challenge of uh, bring me your troubled souls, right? <laughs> the whole group of them and I'll help you with it, right? I love that. I, well, one thing that, that stands out about your work is, especially on your website, you talk about your universal three truths about teams that all teams struggle. There's untapped talent on every team, and, and most teams haven't defined what success looks like. And for people listening, they may think, hear it and be like, oh, immediately I see where my workplace is missing the boat. But when they look at other companies or sports teams that are winning, they just assume that there's no struggle there. But in your work, you've, you've seen it otherwise. Even the teams that win, even the companies that excel, they still have those struggle areas, right? There's no question about it. And you know, I did a workshop last night with a varsity hockey team. And I said, if I, if there was one thing I wish we would start teaching in kindergarten, it's that all teams struggle, all teams struggle. There's no human system that comes together, not church teams, not family teams, not nonprofits, not corporate teams, not sports teams. There's no human system that comes together and performs well. And the way I um, help them visualize it is I'll show a picture of like a SpaceX rocket, right? And the thing's blowing up. It's, you know, it's about to take off or whatever. And uh, the, the, there's all this white cloud stuff. And I, I said, I'll, I'll ask them, what is, you know, the, 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 the rocket's on a mission. The team's on a mission. What is the biggest obstacle the rocket has to overcome to achieve its mission? And the biggest obstacle is gravity. So everybody, you have gravity, I have gravity. And every team has gravity. So understanding what that gravity is for that team, because the, str the struggle varies from individual to individual and to, from team to team, and help them appreciate the process 
of uniting to overcome the obstacles and achieve the goals is, is, where, I add, is where I add value. Well, speaking of, of teams and hockey teams specifically, your recent book, Destination Unstoppable, The Journey of No Teammate Left Behind, kind of follows a hockey team. What, where was the inspiration for this? Why focus on kind of the hockey team using those, those lessons to help explain it in other ways to business and in life? Yeah, that's, um, I was thrilled when I got a phone call. Would I help a local high school hockey team? And it was from a parent who knew that I was doing this work in the corporate world. And um, a little bit of context for your listeners. I have a BS and MS in mechanical engineering and a master's in leadership and business ethics. My leadership and business ethics, and no one ever wants to talk about ethics, we won't talk about that. Um, my, my master's in leadership and business ethics in 2006 exposed me to the strength finder assessment tool, which I've been using to help teams reach their full potential ever since, right? Um, but and so the, my belief is if we operate from a position of abundance and we do that by measuring the strength of the team, because then if you, don't, if you don't know the talent on the team, you can't harness the talent on the team. But that journey began in 2006 with teams, with corporations, right? So, but sports by nature is a strength-based system. Corporations opposite, operate the opposite way. We will, with the very best of intentions and so do schools, we'll focus on what's wrong with you, Jake, Yep. to help you reach your full potential because we're going to fix you, right? The magic, <laughs> like, the magic words you never want to hear in work and you never want to hear in a relationship. <laughs> I'm going to fix you. <laughs> Relationships are another good example uh, yeah. where we focus, we focus on your deficits, right? Yeah. And that's not where your, your greatest life lives. It's in your strengths. So, um, but in sports, I won't take, I'm in Detroit, so I won't take formerly of Detroit, Justin Verlander and say, Justin, go play left field yes. so that you can get a better pitcher. We will not do that. Yeah. We'll be like, man, look at the oil you pitch. And we hone the pitching, we hone the pitching, we hone the pitching. So I've been dying to work in, an, in a natural strength-based system, which sports is. And I was an athletic athlete from years and years and years. And I, I was riding my bike every 10 miles every day in COVID, even, even, even Michigan's 23 degrees this morning. <laughs> so um, anyhow, uh, so when I got the phone call to help with the hockey team, I was thrilled because I'm like, yes, a sports team, finally, right? And um, as with all teams, they were talented, but struggling, talented and dysfunctional. I did my thing that I'd been doing with the corporate teams around the world which included meeting with them to discuss what success looked like. Your team cannot achieve success if you don't agree on what success looks like. And for me, it's not just the what you want to achieve, it's the how you behave to get there. So when I said to the young men, what does success look like for this team? And they said, win the national or win the state championship, which I knew was coming. Um, and I didn't know if they had the goods or not. Um, I said, great. Now, how do we behave to get there? Talk to me about championship behaviors. And then they described focus, full effort, compete level, brotherhood, right? And now it's coming from them, not from yep. me or from coach, right? So that took like 15 minutes. Then I instituted, them, asked them if they'd be willing to commit to something I call a team trust bank. And that is that every single thing you do, every decision, every word, every action is either helping the team or hurting the team. There's no neutral. There's no neutral in life. It's a plus or a minus. Yep. If somebody takes you, you know, to order, ask you ask about a restaurant and someone goes, eh, and kind of waves their hand, 
that's not a, that's a neutral and that's that, a no. That's a no. That's right. <laughs> that's a no, not going to that place. So I asked these young men, these, these varsity high school hockey team boys, if they would commit to a team trust bank and make deposits only for six weeks. Cause that's how far we were from where I met with them for the first time until the playoffs were over. So they discussed it and we discussed what a deposit looks like, what a withdrawal looks like. And I said, you're either all in and we don't do it. And they said, they were all in. I said, good. And then I had them turn to one another and say, I refuse to let you fail. And they kind of said to the person next to them, I refuse to let you fail, I refuse to let you fail. And then I said, what about the guy across the room? And so they're eventually yelling at one another, I refuse to let you fail. And at that moment I had fulfilled my, my promise to coach Weidenbach, who's the coach of the book, in the book that um, the team that walked in the room would not be the same team that walked out and they were not, they were so fired up. Then they took the strength finder, the assessment tool that I use that measures holistic talent. And that was my first glimpse into the oddity of a male <laughs> athlete profile. Like I'd seen nothing like it ever. And it was the amount of competition within them, their, their high compete level. Um, the restorative is a, is, a, is a result that means you never quit. You can measure grit. I can measure command, courage and confidence. And they were high in many of those things. So. But of course, young, young people, athletes are not self-aware. Young people are not self-aware. Yep. So the benefit of this journey is that they gain insight into their internal motor and can then communicate that and understand not just themselves, but the guy next to them. So when we met a week later to discuss the results, um, I said, look at all this compete level. I said, stand, if you have, stand up if you have compete level. And 18 out of 22 people stood up. And the question is, who's the opponent? You're, one, you're trying to win, right? It's, it is the keeping score. And are you keeping score against the guy next to you on your line? Or is it the school down the street, the school that won the state championship last year? Who's the opponent? Because if it's directed inwards, it's like a machine that's going to tear itself apart. And it was directed inwards. So they had all these light bulb moments and they're having a blast, right? And so- Wait a second, let me, ask, let me ask you on that note, directed inward in terms of competing against their teammates or themselves? Correct. Okay. Yes, right? And with all the best of intentions, yep. everybody wants to win. But if you didn't do something the way I would have done it, and, and I feel like maybe you hurt the team by that somehow, I'm going to scream, scream at you and get in your face and scream at yep. you. But that is, that is treating like an opponent, not a partner, right? So the, we have to have the we of winning was which we moved to versus the me of winning. And it also, there are competitive people want to do it themselves with all the best intentions again, right? I'll, yep. I'll, I'll score the goal. I'll do this. I'll do that, right? So um, I spent a total of two hours and 45 minutes with those young men. And I went back. To, I was still in the corporate world, flew to Vegas to work uh, at a conference. And I came back and watched them play. And they won. They lost the first game against I do love coach, but I think he exaggerates. He said it was the very best team in Wisconsin ever. <laughs> okay. So they lost two to one, but he said they played the best ever. They'd ever played. I'm like, super. So they then won the next 10 games straight and they outscored the competition 67 goals to 16 goals over 10 games. And if you do that, you are going to win. And they did. They won the state championship, right? And I'm watching this all unfold. I went to all the games that I, when I returned and I was like, Oh my gosh, these guys don't look like they have any problems to me, right? Yeah. So um, that, but it really was the investment. There's the formal system, and this is, this is from the corporate world or the sports world or the nonprofit world or the family team world. There's the formal system of success, which is your role. I'm an accountant, I'm a brain surgeon, I'm a sibling, I'm a goalie. And then there's the human system of success, which is the 
uh, focusing on their strengths, helping them understand that everybody's a little bit different. What do you need to be successful? And everything I do is, is in the human system of success, right? So that's, but it's getting people to realize we need both systems and they're equally important because without it, you have a divided team and a divided team is a losing team. So the unification comes from the investment in the human system of success. So I'm all about how do we create that unity, right? I run like a pack, play like a pack of wolves, right? Packs are scary. Yep. So that's what, that's what I do. I, so I'm fascinated. There's a, a number of questions I have just based off of that. The, the first is you mentioned that you're a mechanical engineer as yes. well, mm-hmm. which when I traditionally think of engineers, I lack some of the emotion and connection piece. I, the, the engineers I know are very stern and straightforward. Um, there's not that this energy level that you have is not there, but especially when you think within a team atmosphere, sports, especially, there's a lot of that emotion running. There's a lot of that. It's not very cut and dry for a lot of players. Where did you start to draw on and just initially become inspired by this human element uh, of teams and this connection piece as that engineer, because you went the leadership and ethics route as well. Right. Where did those start in terms of your career? Everything start to connect those dots because I can see it from an engineering standpoint, wanting to figure out how to make all of this work. Right. But emotions are such a big piece and how we connect and how we're vulnerable with teammates to build strong teams that traditionally I wouldn't see that from an engineering standpoint. And so I'm fascinated mm-hmm. about where you started and how this whole journey started for you. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a great question and you're right those observations, just as I've kind of said some stereotypes about male or female athletes and or their stereotypes about engineers and they yeah. exist for a reason. Okay. Right? They are thinkers. Everything's happening inside their head. Yep. Their, their value proposition is actually inside their head. Right. Then it comes out, but it, it comes out through getting things done, not through the relationship side or giving a great speech or, yep. you know, a rallying event, right. Unless you do something like a hackathon. Now they might get fired up a little bit, right? But just overall, not so much. So I never was a very normal engineer. Now I did well. I went into engineering for one simple reason, Jake. We were very poor growing up and I was not going to be poor another day. So I did stink at a master's. It was paid for, there were not many women in engineering at that time, but I committed to one year. So I did a two-year program and I committed to myself. Not only would I do it in one year, I'd get a 4.0. Now, I nearly failed theory of elasticity. <laughs> and the guy had to decide, the professor had to decide whether to give me a, a failing grade because I flunked the midterm. There was only two, two tests. Oh. And then I aced the final. And I'm like, you know, sir, I, I almost said dude. I'm sure I didn't say dude to him back then. Um, do what you got to do, right? So, but he, he gave me the A. And so I got 4.0. And so I went off to work in the corporate world. But I never was the normal, let me, you know, my brother who's more engineering, you know, I recently nearly elected my cue to myself changing a light bulb. And I'm not kidding. And so, you know, he's like, oh my God. So, but what I was great at, I was employee of the year one year at IBM. And it came from the, the a creative approach. I'm a creative thinker. And I can measure that in Strength Finder with ideation. It's my number one strength. So I'm always outside the box. Yep. I am solving problems from a different perspective. But I like the, the partner. I, I was working with the French, which is never easy. And um, my clients were in automotive and it's combative. And, you know, it's basically one big mud wrestling match half the time, right? And there's part of me that likes that a lot. I like the, uh, the odd people that are involved in all these things, right? 
So I did bring this human element to that, that, and I was never a traditional engineer anyhow. So, but, but I, employee of the year, engineer of the year is what I was, one of four um, around the country because they had four different areas was because I have a creative solution that involved a very disparate group of people and I brought them together and solved the problem. So that's always been my thing. I just didn't know that that was a thing I could have, right? And then I've always been interested in leadership and so I went off and went formalized it. And so everything I do with corporate teams is obviously packaged as leadership and, and team development, but in the sports world, it's, it's really leadership development in a sports uniform. Everything I do is leadership development and I want to win. I don't care about the championship, the state championship. The, I don't care about the Olympic medal. I want them to win at the long game of life. So these things that they're doing now will serve them well, whether the next steps are uh, the Olympics or junior hockey or you know, the NFL, or if they just go into the corporate world or college, right? And that is, that is why we are two kindred spirits because the same, I mean, I, I believe the same thing. The work we, we talk about building a competitor mindset. How do you have that championship mindset? How do you bring it to work? But at the end of the day, we just want you to win in life. We want leadership development. It's disguised as other ways because the better of a leader you actually are, the better of an impact you can make on those around you. So I love hearing that. What, uh, tell me about once you launched, tell me about your first uh, client. Being out on your own at this point, you'd done it within IBM. What was it like kind of putting your foot out at that point on your own? So I'm a big believer. This is my second run in entrepreneurship. And I'm a natural entrepreneur. I'm much happier doing it what I want to do my way. <laughs> I am in a corporate environment where I'm looking around going, oh my Lord. Um, so uh, I, but, but I'm also a big believer in that you don't quit your day job. So even though I was at IBM with my, I rejoined them actually to help them build a partnership between IBM and General Motors. Again, a very mud wrestling yeah. environment. And GM was going through bankruptcy at the time. So the whole thing was fraught from a leadership standpoint, what a Petri dish, okay? Yep. I loved it. And so, and I was very, very, I loved building a strong partnership between IBM and General Motors because you've got two large companies and generally two large companies don't like one another, right? Yep. So we got, we did it. It was awesome, but I was already had my toes outside the, my job doing this on the side, right? With other teams, yep. so small teams. So at, from the moment I started, which was, 2006, seven, eight, that was, I was already doing this on the side, the leadership development. So my, the leadership development, this strength-based approach to building winning teams was never my day job at IBM, but I brought it in. And in fact, I was paid once by a guy from Denmark and I still think of him fondly. He gave me a $50 visa Amazon <laughs> thingy or whatever. Um, but by the time I left, 15,000 people knew their strengths at IBM and I was nearly fired for it. So and that's why I don't belong there right? Belong in any large company is if you're disruptive and you do good work, they're going to you know, yep. come after you with a shotgun and that's the end of that. So, um, so that's how I, and, but I was always headed elsewhere, you know? So it just was once I, once I was ready, I was ready. And then I left. I love it. I love it. Well, let's switch gears a little bit back to just your work, this book, because the title Destination Unstoppable leave the journey of no teammate left behind. As an entrepreneur and as a business owner, we have other business owners and leaders on here and, and they want their team involved. They, they want to make sure nobody's left. But what's the difference that in your opinion and when you see it of making sure that someone's not left behind 
and realizing that that person probably shouldn't be on the team bus to begin with. Mm. Yeah. And you know, listen, there's nothing kumbaya about me. <laughs> so I am not a big, they need, you need to be nice to them no matter what, yeah. you're right? I just don't buy that at all. And you're doing everybody a favor if they're not in the right seat on the right bus, right? Yep. So I'm a big believer in that. And, and I've been there where I'm in like, man, this is not the bus for me anymore, right? So, um, but first, first of all, one of the biggest problems, one of the reasons all teams struggle is we tend to see the universe through our own lens of what we do well. That's why I don't like 360 degree reviews in the workplace. Because oh, so, it's never the full picture. It's no, always what you do terribly. <laughs> it, and it's what they think you should do, what they would do if they had been in your shoes. Yep. So they never appreciate. So imagine, here's a good example. A dolphin surrounded by a bunch of eagles. They both, they all catch fish. It's a 360 degree review. The eagles are reviewing the dolphin because he's a fisherman, right? He or she. Yep. And they're going, never shuts up. Consistently wants to be around other people, right? When you're supposed to yep. be flying around, right? Da, 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 da. And the eagles look at the, and the dolphins look at these eagles going, what a bunch of jerks. They can't even say hello to one another, right? All they do is think. It's a little bit like the engineer versus the extrovert, okay? Yep. If you're to consider it that way. And so you can imagine the dolphin getting actually a very bad review and performance review. And when in reality, what a possible partnership. Put the dolphin at the front door to greet the people coming to buy fish, make them feel great about it. Let the eagles do their thing and catch the fish however they want to, right? Yep. Um, but here's the, here's the big thing though. And this is what most people miss in um, building teams. The eagle sees the world from, they fly above the earth, usually solo. They come in, they grab their fish and they leave. They are good fishermen, but they see the earth from upstairs, right? The dolphin is underneath the water and will never, ever, ever see that perspective, ever. There is no way for a dolphin to experience seeing the earth from that perspective. And there's no way for the eagle to experience playing with a pod like the dolphins do and catching fish collaboratively underneath the water. The earth is the earth. There's no different earth. There is only our view of it. And when we measure the strengths, which is our internal motor, which is how our lens to the world, it is how we view the world. The world is no different outside. You might think it's too cold. I might think it's too warm. It is what it is. We experience the world differently. So once I understand that you can't help but be an outgoing extrovert talking to everybody that comes down the hall, and you understand that I'm thinking about the future, and uh, it's really important to me that we get our work done every single day, then we can see where the partnership comes in. And it's no longer about you versus me. It's about our team. And look at this diversity of talent, because all strengths are useful. All talent is valuable. The hero of Destination Unstoppable is the third string goalie that never played a game. He had the strength of harmony, which I do not have, which is the ability to be diplomatic. And so when the team would get all, you know, in a kerfuffle over the not winning or whatever, Coach Weidenbach had said to, to Nolan Rogo, the, the third string goalie, he said this in front of the team, which is essential, because Nolan had no voice, not a starter, not a senior, yep. not a, right? And, and he said, Nolan, um, when you see those two arguing, can you do something about it? He said, I can. And he said, will you? And he said, I will. And at that point, Nolan went from nobody to the team captain of team chemistry, and he owned that role. Untapped talent on the team, sat there dormant for three months. When I interviewed the kids afterwards, none of them spoke about hoisting the trophy, which they were dying to do. 
They spoke about how great it felt to know their strengths, to reach the full potential, and they spoke about Nolan. He was like the oil for the team engine, right? The, the bonding glue that held the group together. So, but you have to measure talent in order to harness it. Having said that, there are places, there are times when people don't fit in, right? And you, but you have to set extremely clear expectations with consequences about what, they, what that role includes, formally and from the human side, how we behave. We don't behave this way on this team. And then if they violate it, they get the boot. Yep. I love that. I lo well, and I, and I love so many aspects of, of what you just shared because as a former athlete, like I remember games, but I remember laughing with teammates. I remember jokes nice. on the bus and, and we all do. And when you think back to your career, you know, when we get to this point, we're not going to really remember the years we had the big sales bonuses. We're going to remember the, the laughing jokes at the water cooler, the mm -hmm. conversations, the relationship piece. And if we aren't taking the time to understand where each other's coming from and, and understand each other's strengths, we're doing our own selves a disservice on what that relationship could be. Exactly right. I listened to your little chat on being vulnerable. Yeah. If you knew your awesomeness with your strengths inside of you and you knew the strengths of the people around you, you would no longer have that same fear because you know your greatness and they know their greatness. We've got words to put around it. It's an entirely different dynamic. It changes everything. And you would have been able to be a little bit more vulnerable. Now, there are some folks that have a little wall around themselves and you might be one of them. There's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, you can embrace that, but it's easier to lower that wall when you have better, more information about that person's, what makes them tick. Absolutely. Right? And that's, I mean, that's such a crucial component that we've talked about that I've heard you talk about on the podcast is kind of knowing yourself and knowing those strengths and not getting caught in this loop of these, you know, feedback conversations with your boss, where it's always about what you do wrong. Like mm -hmm. how can we leverage your strengths? Because in life we should be doing the same thing. We may want to curb some weaknesses. We have areas that we all want to improve, but what are our strengths and how can we double down on it? And that's really where we, we have the opportunity to grow and, and start pursuing that full potential. Uh, Maureen, this has been amazing. I know you're working on another fun project that I 100% want to get you back on this podcast for uh, when it's a little bit closer to unveiling. So I'm just going to leave that cliffhanger for our listeners today. But <laughs> for anyone that wants to learn more about your work, pick up a copy of your book, maybe even talk to you about coming to work with their organization, where is the best places online to get connected with you? You certainly can go to my website where I've got a you know, contact form and uh, that's MaureenMonte.com and LinkedIn. I'm active on LinkedIn and you can always email me at Maureen at MaureenMonte.com as well. So I'd love to, to do that and would be honored to do that. I love it. I love it. Listeners, do yourself a favor. Follow her online. Go check out her website. If your team and organization needs some help, I can't recommend her enough for that role. So Maureen, thank you incredibly for coming on the show this week, sharing a little bit of your story and knowledge and adding value to our listeners. Jake, thanks so much for having me. I couldn't be more pleased. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. As always, drop us a note with your feedback to podcast at competeeveryday.com. Check out more episodes, find amazing apparel, get connected with the community at competeeveryday.com. And until next week, bring your best, show up every day regardless of how you feel, and be that type of competitor you were created to be. Oh, my God.